What up, Big J? Hey, what's up, dude? Can you hear me? Yeah, I turned my mic up because I noticed I'm quiet again and all the other ones. So. Yeah, just crank the gain. I find these mics, uh, they don't do a uh, great job of, I don't know, just don't have a lot of gain. I mean, they sound good, but yeah. Anyway, I had I have to crank the gain up on my uh, my interface as well, way more than like I'm playing guitar, plugging a different mic into it. Um, yeah, might be because it's a dynamic mic; they're less sensitive. But I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. What's up, man? Shit, uh, the, my golf balls I ordered came in today. Those yeah, are really how, cool. How they look? They came up professional. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you know. They look good, but I can tell they were done by hand because if you look closely, you can just see like the. I got a picture on either side, so you can tell that one's like a little up. And uh, then what? So it wasn't like one laser was printed on or something. Yeah, it, I was looking at the the machines they use, I guess, to print golf balls, and it's like this spongy cone and a, like a drill press, and then you, you know, the drill press looks like a tire iron, but you. You like mm-hmm. spin it, and the drill goes down. It's like that, but a, a foam cone. Hmm. And the cone presses on the golf ball and it and it presses around. Prints the But I didn't see ink on the cone. So that's the weird part. Is like still it's interesting, but they can only do like hmm. a quarter size. But I used some cool pictures. I got like four different designs. I put a QR code to a link tree and it fucking works. Oh, it works. That's badass. Yep. On another design, uh, I didn't have time to get them, but I wanted to like show them on the camera next time. Yeah, I think the uh, green screen effect will block it out anyway. Um, yeah, probably so. But they look sweet, man. They look really cool. Um, you know, they look really cool. They look really cool. And I found a website that has all kind of cool golf balls, customizable. So I can level up and get like those beautiful, vivid, neon, soft high level like max fly balls and then put a picture on there and that that's the shit i don't know what a max fly ball is but that sounds it's sounds a brand awesome. it's a brand um I'm not a i go to the so i go to the golf store and they have uh bins in the front of individual golf balls and they're the beautiful vivid neon colors like a matte neon but vivid like it's glowing without glowing it's amazing. Like I buy them every time I go, I get a couple. They're so nice. And then they had another line that had like Avengers and Captain America on it. I was like, I'm not even into this shit. And this looks awesome. I bought some of the, too much money for golf balls, but fucking awesome. You're into Any- these artistic golf balls, man. Yeah, man. It's just cool. Customizable golf balls. Last thing, my buddy went to this house. He's got a heat press machine. You familiar with that? Mm-hmm. You are? Yeah, I mean, like for like t-shirts and shit. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, Dude. we have one. You have one. All right. So you know yeah. that well, shit Tiffany, is badass. Tiffany has a, she has a cricket, so it's like she can cut the vinyl designs and then heat press it on a mm. shirt. Okay. Yeah, he showed me this website where he uploads his artwork and they send the transfers to him. Mm-hmm. I'm like, dude, I gotta put these Skepsis Telegraph logos on some shirts. Put that cat everywhere. That cat is clip art, but hey, we'll, we'll, we'll put it on a shirt. It'll work. No, that's not clip art, dude. It's computer generated. An artist drew it and the algorithm uh, chose it from the keywords they described it as. 
Okay. At least that's how I understand. I understand. <laughs> I don't think it's generated though. Well, then but, it's, uh, as long as it's original, it's cool. Yeah, it's original. I mean, uh, pretty sure it's original. <laughs> What's been up yeah. with you, man? Nothing. Uh, so we have, speaking of just kind of funny merch, we have, uh, you know, all the bumper stickers in South Louisiana that say uh, kids who hunt and fish don't steal and deal, right? Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. It's like on every like old Cajun man's truck. Um, so Gogothan made a bumper sticker that said kids who don't hunt and fish burn in hell with like flames and everything. Anyway, so we got sent a screenshot from someone on Facebook <laughs> today. And it was, it was a picture of someone that someone's uh, that had the bumper sticker on the back of their car and they com- complaining about how they were driving like a fucking asshole through the Lowe's parking lot and almost hit a bunch of people and shit driving all fast. But the, the, the only bumper sticker on the back was our bumper sticker on the back of that car. And wow. it's like this person, like this random person calling them out. They didn't say anything about the bumper sticker, but we, we just thought it was hilarious. That's this awesome. Person dude. driving like a dickhead through a That's load parking sh- lot about <laughs> to run pedestrians over. And of course, the only bumper sticker on the back of the vehicle is ours. That's so funny, dude. Kids who hunt don't kids who hunt and fish burn in hell. <laughs> no, kids who don't hunt and fish burn in hell. Oh. Kids who hunt because okay. kids who hunt and fish don't steal and deal. And if you don't hunt, okay. That's because you switch don't. <laughs> Don't yeah I don't know Jai and yeah Jai made awesome. it. I, I'll have to send you send you the design that's fucking hilarious I just thought it was burning hell had this shitty person that, listening uh, to Lard is my shepherd yeah driving, driving like an the asshole yeah I don't know if I told you that but I laughed pretty hard when I was listening to a CD a couple of weeks ago and uh, I looked at the song so I was like this is a tight song and I looked and it said Lard is my shepherd mm-hmm. it caught me off guard and I was laughing for a while I was like this well, it's all, shit is so fucking stupid it's, it's all comedic bro it's yeah. supposed to be funny yeah it's awesome tongue in cheek yeah but what's not funny is this journalist that got killed in Israel not funny at all Shireen, did you see the video no did you have a video yeah I found the video Mm, I don't know if I, it is a short getting shot. No, it just shows uh, the moments and you can hear the, the pattern of gunshots and, and people freaking out. It doesn't really show anything, but I guess we'll get to that. Yeah. So this journalist is a veteran Al Jazeera reporter named Shireen Abu Akla. And Al Jazeera so, is the Palestinian faction. Well, it's the right? Arab Arabic um not specifically Palestinian, but Arabic-based uh, reporting. It's a newspaper? Uh, news, I'm, news, I'm, organi- news organization, yes. Okay, news. I felt I was afraid. Since, to- they've been around since like forever, actually. Al Jazeera is the state-owned Arab- Arabic-language international radio broadcaster of Qatar. There you go. Um, <laughs> and actually, um, uh, Shireen Abu Akla was uh, an Arabic Christian for that uh, news organization, uh, ironically. But she did a lot of reporting on the Palestinian uh, journey and plight um, in Israel. So she was kind of, she kind of became a martyr for, uh, for the Palestinians. Um, and there are some click throughs in this article that, I, that were, uh, I, don't, I don't know if you went through any of them, but like yeah. even at her funeral, 
you had Israeli police beating pallbearers. Right. Uh, and like make to the point where like they're they're walking with the casket through the streets, you know, chanting Palestinian songs and things like that. And they start beating the pallbearers. They, they, they so, go so far as to drop the casket in the seat uh, on the street. Um, and we so never heard anything stuff. about it. Our no, media never talked about, about it. it. Not a peep about it. Um, no one's claiming. So, I mean, she's a reporter in a com and what they consider a combat zone. So it's likely that no one is going to get held accountable for this. She uh, had been, the Israelis, the Israelis are saying that, Oh, well, we don't really know what happened. We didn't. In, in, so the bullet was collected um, and in possession of the U S or handed to from by the Palestinians to the U S but, they basically said, hey, we, do, we don't want anything to do with the Israelis as far as cooperation on this case. We had nothing to do with this. They did this on their own. Uh, the Israelis were like, well, this was a complex combat situation. We need to analyze the bullet to figure out you know, who, what, what weapon it came from so we can determine who's at fault. Um, the Palestinians are saying they, were, they had no one in the area. You have video, apparently, that you watched that, you were, you know, that shows the situation, I'm sure, but from what I understand, they were in this alley and the closest Palestinian combatants, so to speak, were like 300 yards away yeah. uh, on the other side of buildings and stuff like that. So it was clear that these people that were in this alley were just a group of press. They had press clearly written on their jackets um, with these blue helmets and blue blue vests on. Uh, so clear, right? They're, they're not the enemy. The, uh, the story that the the people that were with her say that they uh, they fired off a warning shot. They take off running. One of the one of the other reporters gets shot in the back, and then she gets shot in the head and immediately killed. Um, so that's the story from the reporters. Israel saying, "Well, we don't know what happened. It it was a complex combat situation. So maybe she yeah, got caught up in the crossfire." Palestinians are like, "There was no crossfire. There was yeah. no one even right there." It's funny. Israel um, never denies it. They just they. Admit it without admitting it and just say it was an accident, basically. It was an accident. And, the U- and then the U.S. is like, yeah, well, we're pretty sure that it was it was Israeli sh- soldiers. Like, we confirm it's an Israeli sh- soldier who killed uh, her. But um, I was surprised. There were a lot of investigations of mentioned in here that found Israel to be guilty. The only one saying they're not is Israel. But I was surprised that. Who did these investigations like the U.S. Department of State or whatever yeah, did it? The U.S. Department of State did it. Washington right. Post, New York Times, all these organizations I always think are so corrupt. They came up with the same conclusion. Israel did it. I think AP News said they did their own reconstruction of the killing. Well, Israel said that the bullet was so damaged they couldn't determine where where it came from. Yeah, and it, um, and it also mentioned that there's a lot of these situations that Israel draws out for a long time, saying they're going to investigate, and they never do. And this, yeah, they, they were saying this is going to be another one. This is going to be another instance where they it's going to be drawn out and it's going to get buried in the media. No one's going to get held accountable for it, basically. But let let it be um, known that she was covering an, an Israeli military raid on May 11th in the Jenin refugee Jinan. camp in the occupied West Bank. Palestinian eyewitnesses, including her crew, say troops, Israeli troops killed her and there were no militants in the immediate vicinity. That's what you just said. But it seems like she's covering stuff. Obviously, Israel doesn't want to be covered. Don't talk about our military raid on a refugee camp. And they always Israel keeps mentioning the Palestinians as militants. And it's like, dude, what people miss and this narrative is so slick. But what people miss, they're not militants. They're there. It's a genocide. Like they're they're 
totally closed off from the world. They get like no medicine. They can't get anything. They're losing their homes. And they're and, constantly getting encroached on with these uh, settlements. Yeah. It's just people that are fighting back. Like, encroached on is exactly the word. Abby Martin talked a lot about how at one point when she was covering it, there were literal Israeli snipers picking off Palestinian protest- t- protesters at like the gate of the city that were just leaned up against the gate that were locked in and couldn't get out or, or something like that. But they were getting picked off innocent women and shit. Like it's just a murder, but the, yeah, these people I mean, get she essentially, militants. She essentially describes it as an open, you know, the the world's largest open air prison. Yeah, basically, that's what it is. So, I mean, Abu Akla, she was fifty one. She was an on air correspondent for uh, Al Jazeera's Arabic language service, and rose to fame two decades ago during the second Palestinian in intifada or uprising she's been against the israeli rule so she documented the harsh realities of life under israeli military rule which is now in its sixth decade with no end in sight uh for the arabic world basically um so um let's just say that you know the israeli army probably wasn't too fond of her coverage considering that she did not paint them in the best light yeah you know it's interesting it says here the U.S. Uh, security officials examined the results of separate Palestinian and Israeli investigations and concluded that gunfire from IDF positions was likely responsible for the death of Shireen Abu Akhle. So they admit that they probably killed her, right? Yeah. Then they go on to say the U.S. quote found no reason to believe it was intentional, but rather the result of tragic circumstances during an IDF-led military operation against factions of Palestinian Islamic Jihad. So, so they're going with- they're on board with Israelis Israel's uh, description of the scenario. Yeah, like they admit- even with other eyewitness accounts of like members of the press that were there with her. Um, who were apparently were also shot. Yeah. And then that's that video. I guess we can watch the video. It doesn't show anything, but you can hear what they're talking about because they're saying they were caught up in militant, like a, a, a gunfight. But then when you read on the eyewitnesses say there was no gunfire from anybody up until they started unleashing bullets at the press, which you had described earlier was still 300 like that. The militants that were even there were 300 yards opposite the press, like you said. And then there was a press. And then 200 meters this way was the Israeli convoy. So they're 500 meters away. They can't, I mean, yeah. they can't even see the militants and they weren't even shooting. So it's interesting how they admit to the wrongdoing, but then so slickly, like, I don't know what the word is, whitewash it saying IDF led military operation against factions of Palestinian Islamic Jihad. Yeah. That's, whitewash it. <laughs> yeah. Like you don't, you think, Oh, Islamic Jihad, you know, stupid, like Americans first reaction is terrorists, like extremists. And so weird, man. So weird. Yeah. It's like innocent people just getting blasted. It's super fucked. Yeah, it is super fucked, man. And then no one's gonna, no one is gonna get held accountable. And this, this, this lady was apparently a household name, you know, not mm. like this was so not it's like a, a big small, deal there. Yeah, she was a household name across the Arab world, synonymous with the coverage under the Israeli rule. Basically, here's here's a sentence that really got stuck in my craw. 
The probe was undertaken by the U.S. security coordinator in the region, which was established in 2005 to assist with peace efforts at the time. Who was the president in 2005? Obama. Right. Right. To assist with peace efforts at the time. That is so clever when you're reading this. Because well, they, they, were, they had them come in to talk about a two-state solution at the time. Yeah, but what I'm getting at is we're allies with Israel. We send them billions of dollars of military equipment every year to enforce this genocide and to do this killing. So yeah. what the fuck are we setting up an office there to talk about peace when we're giving them billions of dollars to fucking murder? So when that narrative is painted, like if you're just somebody reading about this killing and you're not really awake, <clears throat> AP, I don't think they're being biased, but it's still... That's what the U.S. security coordinator was established for. Uh, if you like go to their website, was this this with peace efforts? So they're just saying what is right. I don't think they're being biased, but I know we give Israel all this money. So what the fuck are we talking about peace for? Stop giving money and stop the war. So it's. Do you see how like there's this yeah. weird hole right there? The U.S. security coordinator assists. If you were to look up U.S. security coordinator and see that they assisted with peace efforts in 2005, you'd be like, oh, they're trying to, we're trying to get peace. That's why we send so much money to Israel. So it's like there's two ways of looking at the same thing. One's the brainwashed way. And then there's seeing how it's so obviously bullshit. Like, what are you talking about? Peace talks. Nobody, I mean, it I seems so learn. obvious. I don't even know how to describe it. When did you learn about the conditions of the that the Palestinians have been living in for the past, you know, sixty years? A few years ago, right? So, I mean, we grew up thinking that there was just this small. I don't know. Like to me, that that wasn't how Israel was painted to me as I was growing up. So, I think the history of Israel is very whitewashed in the Zionistic way. Um. And yeah, you're absolutely right, man. Like, I think the U.S. does these things on the global stage to like act like they're this big benevolent um, police state that is here to help everybody out, but really tips the tables to one side all the time and uh, keeps these people in constant suffering. Basically, fucking prisoners in uh, in their homeland. So, in People that report on it get killed. No one gets held accountable because it goes against really the the narrative that they want uh, out there in the world. So, not good. Did you see the Twitter thread that Francis and Ghana posted? Yeah, I did. Uh, but, uh, sad. The, all those dead bodies, dude. Were they dead or were they were they captured? I couldn't they, tell. They weren't moving. I saw two bodies that were moving. It was trying pretty to find disturb, it. Pretty disturbing. Yeah. Can you find it and, sh and and share it? Maybe we don't need to share it, but it, I mean, just to get really, get, I mean, just to put it in perspective, what we're talking about, like, were these people dead or it was just piles of bodies in this big open air prison and it was just people trying to escape Africa. And my whole question is this U.S. security coordinator talking about peace in Israel, but we're giving them billions of dollars to genocide Palestine and then lying about it in the media. This is a pattern and it shows up in this thing Francis Ngannou posted because isn't Bill Gates, Mr. Philanthropy, isn't he in Africa trying to save the world? 
isn't Tesla's Starlink around orbiting Earth so we can get Wi-Fi to these third world countries so that we can fix their problem? What's up with all these billionaire philanthropists investing in saving Africa and this shit is happening and no one's fucking talking about it? You still can't wake up and realize these Bill Gates characters are fucking frauds. Why haven't they fixed this? And why aren't they talking? Why isn't Bill Gates on the Ellen DeGeneres show saying we've been working so hard to fix Africa? <clears throat> I'd like to bring Francis and Ghana right here and talk about his story. And I need the public to see these videos of what's happening over there. That's what we're up. They don't fucking talk about any of it. They're making money off a of vaccine, talking about philanthropy in Africa. And everyone eats this shit up. Meanwhile, all you have to do is look at this video. And it's so obvious. Like, all right, turn on screen sharing. <laughs> So crazy. I don't understand how people have. I, I am. I don't understand how people have the gall to like mock and dismiss this stuff as conspiracies. If you talk about corrupt global power structures, and then they just eat this shit up. Eat the shit up. They eat it up. All right, screen sharing is available, and so many videos. It's a whole thread. Each one has like a one-minute video of. And Francis is familiar with this exact spot, he said. Well, I mean, he because he took this journey. So yeah. Francis took a journey from Cameroon to basically Morocco and then from Morocco to Spain. It took a many right? tries over the course and of seven yeah, years. Seven it, years. Journey is a like, nice way of putting it. It was like, uh, I don't know what you would call it. But <laughs> like beating these people on the legs and shit. I mean, I thought oh they were God, all just dead. throwing them all on top of each other. Yeah, man. Scroll down to the next one, man. They're literally piled. They look dead, dude. They look executed. Oh, my God. I think. in the Yeah, man. Look at this. No one's talking about it. everyone's over here talking about January 6th and the insurrection. Now, Donald Trump say fucking, you know, gun rights. And they don't want to talk about mental health. And they and, think you know, there's thinking we could think of these people and like and what Ngana's saying is like you think of these people as like throwaways, or whatever, don't have to think about them. But like he took this same exact journey. Yeah. And, and like the only reason we know who he is is because he just happened to get lucky and make it through and become the the UFC heavyweight champion of the world. Um, so he's able to like talk about this. But he was he could this could have been him, you know? Yeah. And this is like a beloved, well, one of the world's most beloved combat sports stars so sick man and yeah, people are crazy. so self-righteous they they ignore shit like this though like i don't understand this uh all this like woke activism that's going on right now everyone thinks they care about minorities and women and children's rights out there protesting this and they don't ever say shit about the sixty-six thousand civilians we killed in the middle east bombing them you know what I'm saying? They don't ever say yeah. shit about that. They don't ever talk about this. And it's like, I don't believe oh my God. it. That, that person's dead. Oh, yeah, dude. Oh this my is God. like so bad, man. I can't look at that shit. Holy yeah. crap. Like, I can't. People with dude. the Ukraine flag on their car. It's like, where the fuck have you been the last 20 years acting like you care? It's so fake. You know what I'm saying? And it's so obvious. And if you try to talk if, to people, they'll think you if, don't care about the issue. And it's like, it's not that I don't care about the issue. It's just you don't actually see all the issues. You can care about all the issues and talk about all of them. You can protest January 6th and genocide in Palestine. You know what I'm saying? Just like write it on the other side of your sign. It's fucking gross, dude. January 6th. It was a real right election. Right on the other side of your sign. Yeah. Like it's not. <sighs> 
one day I'll be able to articulate this this blatant contradiction that is today's society. But right now, it's just it's like it's Chael people. Sonnen says. How do you do? How do you explain why two plus two is four? So simple. Like, how do you explain that? So obvious. But there's some people that just won't get it. Well, as long as they can virtue signal to the to the religion that they're you know they're on the right side of things, it doesn't matter if they're int- if they really care about these things they're talking about. Like I had a buddy, they're really that, good people, you know. In in the same conversation, one of my buddies said, uh, and you know this guy, I won't say the name. He said, um, "All these people, I was like criticizing Fauci and stuff. Mm-hmm. Like he couldn't buy, he couldn't believe it." And he said that these people are in these positions because they're passionate about their jobs. That was his retort to me saying how compromised and bought out these people are like no, these compromised. People these, these people get to these positions because they're corrupt individuals. Yeah. Like we're power hungry. Yeah. Their passion died a long time ago. So they literally, he literally thinks it's because they're passionate about their job. And while some of those people are up there, when you're talking about the top, when you're talking about the the government's health guy for the last 30 years, passion died a long time ago. Yeah. In the same conversation, he admitted that everybody at the top is like bumbling idiots talking about like SpaceX and Tesla and NASA and these contracts and how like we can't go to the moon after 30, 40 years with today's technology. And he was like, yeah, it's just because people like, they're just like bumbling idiots and you can guarantee the money won't go anywhere. And I was thinking like, dude, how in the same conversation are they passionate about their jobs, but also bumbling idiots we can't trust. It's like people live in these contradictions. Yeah. That's, that makes no sense. You can't rationalize that. Yeah. It's like, which one is it? Is Biden passionate or is he a bumbling idiot that's compromised? And like, if they're bumbling idiots, why am I this bad guy for like criticizing this whole establishment? It's so wild, man. I don't even know how to. I think about this all day. Like, this stuff bug, like, it doesn't bug me. I think about it all day and I'm like, can't believe people don't talk about the genocide in Palestine. Every time I see a Ukraine flag or like a Black Lives, and that's not that Black Lives Matter doesn't matter, but if you care about minorities and people, <laughs> what about the 66,000 civilians we killed in the Middle East? Well, you know, that's that, WikiLeaks uh, right wing shit. Julian Assange, WikiLeaks, that's right wing shit. Right, right. We don't shit. talk about that. That's Trump, Russia shit. And I'm, that's, that's hyperbole, but that's literally. That's literally the truth. Like, that's what people think. Dude, I was at the Chinese restaurant the other day in line to get some food. And these two ladies were talking right when I walked up. I heard them. It was like a, you know, I'll take that and that and they scoop it. So we're just in line. And I heard them talking. She said, um, I don't know what it is. It's like they just want attention. And I thought they were talking about some kids. Because there was two ladies talking. I thought they were talking about some kids. Uh-huh. And then they go on and she was like, it's been two years and they still don't want the vaccine. I'm like, oh, she's talking about people that have, still don't want the vaccine. And then she said, then she said, there needs to be a law passed where people who don't want the vaccine can't get health care. That's how you want to be. And I was like, wow, dude, oh not only God. not only do so, they not. This is the thing. They like step back and think about the bigger health care so, you pay for. Yeah. 
They don't want you to get it. Not talking about free healthcare, which we don't even have. <laughs> Can't get the healthcare you're fucking paying for. Okay, what were you, go ahead. Nothing. Just that, that attitude that about the vaccine this long after the fact with the data we have now is absurd. You know, <laughs> it's it's it doesn't prevent uh, doesn't prevent you from catching it. Does not prevent transmission. I mean, you can maybe say it lied it's about like all a, of it. You can maybe say it's a medication, right? Like I guess a therapeutic, so to speak. A therapeutic. Well, yeah, like that's what they say <laughs> that, but like so that no, but that's what they would call that. That's hilarious. No, I'm, I'm laughing because it's true. Like, um, so funny. it's supposed to make the outcome of COVID less severe, but then here we are. Like, I don't know if you've seen all the stories about people that are boosted are the ones that are actually catching COVID right now. I know a guy that's quad quad uh, vax catching it. He's sick right now and he's getting yeah. COVID tests. <coughs> so, um, I, you know, I don't know what good it fucking does to, and why it would, why you would, and it has a terrible, terrible side effects for some folks. So why would you mandate it across a population? That's just, such a fucking stupid, uninformed viewpoint. Anyway, let's move on to something more positive because I don't want to slide down a COVID rabbit hole. Um, uh, I was looking forward to the. I, I, I was planning that. I was like, yes, it's working. Yeah, well, I don't want to slide down a COVID rabbit hole. Yeah, so uh, journal is dead. No one's talking about it. But maybe they do have bumbling idiots at the top, right? Because we have rockets crashing into the moon. We don't even know who is launching. Dude, it. this tripped me out, man. This tripped so, me out. There's this this crater that has like a it's like a double crater in the moon that's from an obvious rocket impact. And we don't know what country or organization. You know, there's a bunch of billionaires launching rockets in space. We don't know who launched it. Um, we do. We were able to predict the impact on um, March 4th of last year. They were able to, uh, you know, I they were able to spot the unidentified rocket that was on the collision course uh, at that point. Um, what's unique about this is most rocket impacts on the moon are like a single crater. And this one has a double crater, which means that you had something heavy on both sides of the rocket. You generally only have, you know, the, the heavy weight on one side, which is why it creates the, the impacts. And I'm going to pull up. You already have some you already yeah. screen sharing. I'm sharing. It's a rocket body. They didn't launch a rocket that exploded. It was the body of rocket our, body already yeah. used a rocket or something that they I guess they just float towards the moon. I didn't even know this was happening. This article talked about how like yeah, apparently this has happened happens. before. Yeah, and I have some photos of the other. Um, oh, you got to share those. Yeah, stop sharing. Uh, okay, let me figure out how to do that. Uh, yeah, I think I can just take it from you. Yeah, here we go. Right. So these are photos from the Apollo missions. Um, their their crater impacts, which these craters are larger apparently, in comparison to the one that the, the from the mystery rocket. You have a, a crater from Apollo thirteen, Apollo fourteen, Apollo fifteen, and Apollo seventeen. Um, and then the the one we're comparing it to is this one right here, which has like the dual double crater type of effect going on. 
So, where do you think it came from? I didn't, I didn't even know this stuff was happening for me to even know who would be doing it. Like, I have no idea. But somebody's rocket body left a double crater on the moon and they don't know who. Dude, I don't know. From what NASA says, they say the double crater was unexpected and may indicate that the rocket body had large masses at each end. Typically, a spent rocket has mass concentrated at the motor end. The rest of the rocket stage mainly consists of an empty fuel tank. Since the origin of the rocket body remains uncertain, the double nature of the crater may indicate its identity. No other rocket body impacts the moon created double craters. The four Apollo SIVB craters were somewhat irregular in outline and were substantially larger than each of the double craters. The maximum width, which is 29 meters, uh, which is about 31.7 yards, of the double crater of the mystery rocket body was near that of the SI of the Apollos. Like both of them combined would have been like the size of one of the Apollo rockets. But spoiler, they they then this other article I found, they think it is the Chinese. Why is it the Chinese? Must be part of a booster from Chang's T five T one lunar mission, mission, which launched in two thousand fourteen. Um, the rocket body was discovered and originally misidentified in two thousand fifteen. Uh, the Chinese government denied ownership, but he thinks they, they think they made a mistake because um, there's they have Chang five T one and Chang five, uh, so they think that they just confused the two of them and got them mixed up. Hmm. Um, do they send it to the there's moon? Enough, apparently there's enough circumstantial evidence with the way that rocket booster was created and everything and the way it, you know, and its mechanics and the way it's built that that's, they're, they're pretty sure in the timeline that they're pretty sure that that's what it's from. Do they send it <laughs> to the moon on purpose? Time. No, I think it was, um, just, they see. just accidentally hit the moon. They just happen to be aimed at the moon. So whatever hits the moon is a fraction of what actually Let just see goes Let's out. Click through the to that to the mission. Shing Five T One is an experimental robotic spacecraft that was launched to the moon. Okay, so yeah, it was a rocket booster to launch their robot to the moon in 2014. Hmm. So I'm sure it was just a booster floating around in space that eventually, bam, made impact. And the Chinese government is not going to, first of all, I think it's just wild <laughs> that, <laughs> that, that we could just have rockets smashing into the moon, creating these giant craters. And, um, you know, we don't know who's, who's responsible for it. No big deal. Yeah, I immediately the moon think only about- affects tides and shit like that on earth so you know right. who cares if we keep smashing shit into it Dude, can you imagine if some, it starts flooding in indonesia like every year and then they connect it back to they knock the moon off of the office trajectory by a centimeter so it's yeah up the tides and uh, then if you start talking about it like how the pentagon is responsible for the tide shift you're a right-wing conspiracy nut be like no it's true I'm like no it's just <laughs> That could be happening, bro. That's wild, man. That's wild. 
Hey, let me end this and then start a new one, and then we can cover the other two. All right. Cop and cop. So, yeah, basically, we don't know uh, for sure if it's smashing into the moon from the Chinese, but there's enough circumstantial evidence to point to that fact. Or it could be aliens. You know, it's more, you know, this is a conspiracy heavy podcast. So we can just throw that in there and say it might be an, an alien spacecraft as well. It's not outside the zone of possibility. Phil- no, because we don't. Speaking. Philosophically speaking, it's not because yeah. we can't prove that this came from the Chinese. Yeah. Um, but, you know, we can prove uh, that Mark Cuban is about to turn the prescription drug industry upside down. Yeah, man. With a low cost online pharmacy. He said a buddy hit him up. Cube, wait. He said the idea for the business came from the company's co founder, Dr. Alex Oshmiansky, who once emailed Cuban to discuss creating a pharmacy that would sell rare drugs at a lower cost. Cuban said, Why limit it to rare drugs? Let's build a company and rather than work with the traditional system, let's work outside of it and just have a complete transparency. So what do they have? Like 800 generic drugs uh, mm-hmm. offered right there. They get it directly That's from right. the man- manufacturer. They cut out the middleman. They have a 15% markup, $3 handling fee, and what, $5 shipping? Dude, I see people yep. on Twitter posting all the time screenshots of like, hey, I, uh, I can finally afford this medicine that used to destroy my life. And it shows it was like $2,000 and then it's only $12 with him. These are like real people. Saying, yeah. Hey, this is this. Fucking well, go, to, go to the website. You could fucking see the price, like pull the website up, screen share. And you can see the price differences. Here's, here's my own, uh, my cost plus drugs. What is it? Cost plus drugs.com cost plus drugs. So a couple of years ago, I had this allergic reaction yeah, man, these drugs are cheap. Let me screen share this. I had an allergic reaction and I went to the doctor three times until finally I went to a dermatologist twice. And then I went to a dermatologist. Uh, and it took all this shit and all this money for them to give me this little tiny tube of TA cream that I needed. What's and it called? I, TA cream. TA cream. It's like this thing. Some people just get like I had went. On tour, we played in the woods in Nashville. And when I got back, I thought I had bug bites, but they never went. It was months and months. These red dots that would just itch. You know what I'm saying? And and yeah. and slowly another one would appear somewhere else. I was like, what is this? It was some kind of allergic reaction or something. So this TA cream, it was like expensive. The, the, the doctor fee... Uh, it was like 150 plus the medicine. The lady was like, I'm going to get you a one pound jar because I had a lot. I needed to like put it everywhere. Yeah. And then when I got it, I got this little six ounce tube that didn't even work. What the fuck? It worked, but it wasn't enough. So Ford in Thailand, you go to the pharmacy and you can get all these medicines, dude. They have one pound jars of TA cream. Just you walk in like a Walgreens, but it's just tons of, we go to king super and walmart pharmacies dude in america we don't know what it's like to walk into a store and be able to get all the generic medicines we need normally you got to go through this rigmarole and pay a shit ton to this doctor system and barely even get what you need so we had some shipped from thailand her friend sent us two jars of the cheap. same thing 
two pounds of TA cream for a fraction of the cost. I still got it and I still use it whenever I feel like there's like a red bump itching. I just use it. You can just go buy it. All kind of stuff, dude. In Thailand. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I went to the dentist. They got my teeth cleaned and got all kinds of stuff for like 20 American dollars because they have a universal health care system. There's like a flat fee for sickness that's super cheap and a flat fee for disease that's super cheap. You know what I'm saying? You can go to the doctor and get normal stuff taken care of for super cheap. You don't even need an ID. They just have health care. And here we are in America. Yeah. Now, to play devil's advocate on that, like I think the argument would be like, that type of system stifles innovation that where these drugs are able to be developed to where they can get spread to these countries that have, you know, all of these generic, I'm, I don't believe that this is a good argument. I'm just trying to say, why do we have the system in place that we have right now? Right? Like how did it get to this point? You know what I mean? Um. I think this what Mark Cuban is doing no. right here. I mean, I don't know how I don't know how you feel about it, but I think it's a pretty good Holy idea. Lee, shit. Yeah, look at this: nine thousand dollars for this drug. And what the is drug this drug? Would, them, would cost them thirty nine dollars. Imatinib. Is that like a? I don't know what that is. Dude, holy mackerel. Your drug with us costs $39. You saved $9,618 on your medication, and that's a 30-count supply. That's insane. I don't know if that price difference is just so we can innovate and come up with new drugs. My first reaction that's, is- Well, that's, I think, the arguments that fucking the fucking innovating. pharmacies, uh, the, the pharmaceutical companies- make yeah. about why they charge this type of markup in these drugs is that's the cost of research and development innovation how they fuel them finding new drugs it's a fucking racket they're just trying to make money like i don't agree with that or think they're fucking being benevolent and honest but yes yeah, it's, it's absurd um i wanted to look and see if anyone had any negative opinions about this I found my way on to, well, first of all, how do you feel about it? You think it's a good, a good move on his part? Uh, I was kind of wary at first because it's like too good to be true. Right. But it seems to be it. I mean, he, he, he goes directly to the manufacturer. I mean, I have some when, questions, you know, what about <laughs> prescriptions? I can just go buy this. I, I still got to get a prescription, right? Yeah. You still got to get a prescription for what I understand. Yeah. I found a, a page, you know, <laughs> Drug topics, the voice of the pharmacist, um, and it's their whole. Re- it's basically pharmacists, pharmacists that um, go ahead. Regardless, if what Mark Cuban's doing is a scam or not, our medical system over here is fucking garbage, and clearly, what Mark Cuban's doing is the way it should be. You know what I'm saying? Absolutely. If I disagree with what Mark Cuban's doing, this is still fucking bullshit. Huge bullshit. Yeah, absolutely. Um, (coughs) So this page is basically called the voice of the pharmacist. I think it's about like these small pharmacy owners and they're basically posting their opinion about it. Um, They say the good. So independent pharmacies have been screaming from the rooftops for years about the unfair practices of PBMs, which I guess is the pharmaceutical companies. And for a good reason, they continue to represent the biggest threat 
Uh, many believe that Mark Cuban is a perfect mix of investor smarts, business acumen, and celebrity influence to bring a wide range of attention to unfair, unregulated PBM practices. So their thought is that like this is going to be bring welcome regulation to the pharmaceutical companies and like what they're doing as far as charging markup on their drugs. Um, the bad, although some independent pharmacy owners are grateful for the publicity of this new program uh, and how it's shining on, and uh, the publicity shining on unfair PBM practices, the small pharmacy owners worry that the impact um, that the online pharmacy will have on their business. So basically, they're worried about their small small town pharmacies, more or less. One thing that I thought was interesting in here is they talk about the missed opportunity. They talk about they uh, how uh, his company is, has a partnership with True Pill. Um, it's not a knock on True Pill itself. The disappointment comes from a nameless and personal mail order model. Many of the medications on the website sales are for chronic conditions. Typically, these patients are on multiple medications. Patients might fill some medications through the MCC PTC, the program. Uh, it's a long acronym. And others through a traditional pharmacy since, the, uh, since Mark Cuban's program won't bill insurance. The prescriptions are now fragmented and then dispensing pharmacists don't have the complete picture. So I guess if you're kind of relying on your pharmacist to tell you like how much, when, you know, to take and all that type of shit. There's less control of that, especially for chronic conditions, because the medications, some are coming from Mark Cuban's company. Some are coming from, you know, insurance prescribed, insurance covered medications that aren't generic. Um, they talk about higher fees. So patients could be deemed non-compliant by their insurance company if they get their medications filled outside of their insurance network. And the independent pharmacy that fills their insurance-based prescriptions is punished with higher remuneration fees when this happens. So that could, be, that could hurt like your small town pharmacies and stuff like that. But at the end of the day, from the consumer perspective, this is a 100% good move. 100%. Yeah. The way things should be. People need to be able to like, I couldn't find any other negatives other than like that site talking about the impact on small, on small pharmacy owners. So what kind of testing and shit are they going to, do they do if their excuse for the high prices is to fund innovation? Like what do they do? Are they, I mean, are they time traveling in a, in a big gyro wheel? I don't know. I'm just telling like, you what they, that's, that's the excuse given it's whenever they're pressed on this issue of why do you charge? Why are you charging so much for this fucking medication? That's the type of answers they give. It's fucking crazy. But fucking anyway, crazy. let's end on a super good note. You want to kick this next one off? Um, oh yeah. The fella. <laughs> who is paid 300 times his salary takes the money and runs listen to this dude he was paid 450 pounds is that euros or pounds wait a second i wanted to, i forgot i wanted to bring up something that was super alarming to me about this last article i'm sorry to jump backwards oh, for you're a second good. but they stated the amount of money that the pharmaceutical industry rakes in per year and i had no idea it was this kind of money, $365 billion <laughs> a year for prescription drugs. They got to innovate, um, bro. That is almost, a. I mean, that is, 
that is dude is such a ridiculous amount of money and we're the like the one of two countries in the world where you can advertise pharmaceuticals advertise sell sell and 18 million Americans, 7% of the U.S. adults cannot even afford to pay for their new medications. Dude, it's wild because if you're sick, go to the doctor. The doctor tells you what you need. But people see a commercial and then from there, it's kind of it's it's they kinda, go to the doctor and they're like, ah, you know, I'm kind of having I think I might have this condition. I think I know the drug I might need for it already. Yeah. Yeah, dude. Yes, dude. It's like the chicken or the egg. It's like the other one's coming first. If the commercial comes first and then they're like, oh, fucking, I got stomach aches and shit. Like, maybe you shouldn't eat pancakes all fucking day. That's why you got Crohn's disease, you fuck. It's called unhealthy. Come on, man. That's not, that's not the American way. We don't actually live a healthy lifestyle. We just take a medication to make us feel like we're healthy. Yeah, like I broke out in hives because I ate fruity pebbles for three weeks straight. I think I have eczema. <laughs> I need I need imatinibs. Like you need salad and sunlight first. People are so fucking silly. It's crazy, man. Anyway, all right. So yeah, this guy got paid <laughs> three hundred times his normal. What would you do if that happened and you got paid three hundred times your normal salary? Yeah, that's a good question because I was thinking about that. And then once I saw the details, I was like, dude, I'm with this guy. I respect this guy because oh, yeah. he was what? What is he? First Euros of all, or pounds? Making, uh, that's a euro. I don't know pounds. It says the average take home pay. This is in Chile. Is seven hundred and fifty pounds, whatever that thing is, a month. Lira, whatever. Average. He was making four hundred fifty. <laughs> so this dude's getting fucked. He's getting paid like. I just imagine he is one of these guys like I'm getting underpaid, dude. What the fuck? And one day you get one hundred and fifty thousand dollars. He yeah, took it and get, ran, dude. You're getting a four hundred fifty dollars a month. And my my dude, my, my, my you get let's so dude, that's a, such a small amount of money. First dude, of all, and you just get one hundred fifty grand. I'm like, first of all, what would incentivize you to stay? It's not like you have a solid job that's paying you really a really solid salary. Where yeah, you know, how long do you have to work to make one hundred fifty thousand dollars if you're making four hundred fifty dollars a month? And it's not really illegal, right? They paid you, right? Like they signed that know. check. They're, they're they going got their after sig- them. They got their they're signature on the check. Because he love- originally reported it to his manager, and then and he like, was hey. out. And then he's like, "Yeah, um, fuck this, I'm gone." He he he. Uh, he Told his manager who flagged it to HR, he agreed to return the cash. <coughs> uh, but instead of giving it, giving it back, the man withdrew it and hasn't been seen since. I love how they responded. His employer, Consorcio, tried to make contact with the man over the next three days, but to no avail. Later, they received contact from the unnamed man's lawyers. He lawyered up. He was like, dude, fuck that who informed Consorcio that the man had resigned from his position with the company. That's such a boss move. That's his gangster, lawyer bro. called him and was like, yeah, uh, he's resigned from his position. That's so it's like, gangster. we fucking know he resigned, you asshole. He's not, dude, I love that. After, no, so sign of con- <laughs> After no sign of contact, bosses at the company decided to file a complaint with law officials charging the man with misappropriation of fund, which is not that high of a, crime i was 
they filed a complaint misappropriation of fun i mean this is a whole like this is just all we can do that's basically that's, what they're doing like i don't that dude we're fucked he got us that's what that says to me well he would have had to work like tw- almost 30 years 27 years for him to make that amount of money dude he, I, I guess i didn't do the math he got 27 <laughs> he had 27 years worth of like salary like if you just say holy it all shit in one check that guy is my hero dude He's like, all right, well, you know what? Fuck this. I'm getting a lawyer. These bitches can't take my money. I'm going to get another job. I'm so nice. I'm so nice. I would have gave the money back. And then three days later when they disrespect me, because like I forgot to close the door, I'd have been like, I should have fucking kept that money. These motherfuckers. Fuck. Oh, I don't know what I would do. Like my conscience would like kick in. This guy did the right thing. He did the right thing. Yeah, he, for he sure. was getting for underpaid. Sure. <laughs> for sure, did the right thing. <laughs> he did the right thing. Way to go! I just, I'm glad he had the brass nuts enough to do it. Yeah, he was aware enough to like see what was happening. Be like, I'm fucking out of here, dude. He's Fuck like, Wait, these they're, guys. They're, they're sending us up to HR now. Mm. All right, I'm out. I'm going to get a lawyer. Fuck you. Yeah, he's resigned from his position. It's like that's what. That's like being on the phone with customer service when you have a problem. And they're like, uh, I don't know. They give you some sol- solution and, and it's not really, I don't know what my example is, but yeah, that's like, they just kick a, the buck down the road. Yeah. Kick the buck. Yeah. That's, that's, <laughs> dude, this is so awesome. Can. <coughs> so, um, yeah, you're going out of town. We're going to be on tour and we got that date. Um, maybe Lafayette. I'll be in town. Uh, um, oh, really? For on that date. And if so, I'm definitely going to come. Okay. Right on. We're going to be getting to Louisiana on that Wednesday, and I'm still trying to get some shows lined up. So I don't know what day you're actually leaving, but we might. Uh, I was leaving on the 17th, coming back on the, tw- the 23rd. <laughs> on the 23rd. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I was like, yeah, it might be, maybe I'll be in town, especially oh, if dude. we leave a day earlier or something. Dude, yeah, catch that early flight. We're driving, but yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, that's what I meant. Okay. That would be sweet, dude. Yeah, but yeah, so you got a got at least got a boom boom room show booked. Yep. Um I'm trying my damnedest right now to find locals to jump on the New Orleans shows. I got two New Orleans shows on hold. I just need locals and I can't man, find I'm them. telling you the key to all that, unfortunately, is you gotta network beforehand on social media. Like you have to like start like liking other bands shit, commenting on their shit, like kind of making friends with them that way. I'm getting some responses um, right now, though, man. That's good. I'm getting enough responses that I think if I keep it up, I'll find somebody that'll be like, "Hey, we're act- we actually can." So I'm close, but yeah, you're right. You got you got to play a long game, and I'm mm-hmm. I'm playing a last minute game, but it's actually kind of coming through a little bit. I feel yeah. like I'm still optimistic. But I'm, saying, I'm, I'm only telling you that for your next go around. Yeah. <laughs> and I, I'm, I haven't done it myself. Like Jer- I've just watched yeah. Jer- Jarek do it over the years. And I, I'm logged into the band's like accounts on my phone. So like I see the messages going back and forth. He's constantly reposting other bands shit on our stories, like giving them props, saying their music's fire and shit like that. And anyway, he doesn't even it, mean it. He just wants a show. No, he definitely does. Like he really Selfish finds us fucking no. fast. No, I'm joking. Dude. He really does. Like it's like genuine shit. He's not going to repost shit on our page. It right. sucks, you know? Right. And you like find a band you think is really cool. Like, Hey, let me, let me get show them some love. Maybe they'll see it and give us yeah. some love back. And that's what happens. 
one band today messaged me back like right away and they were like hey we're actually in massachusetts but let us know if you're ever here dude see exactly and then one other guy was like oh we broke up in 2018 i found this website called nola diy.org and it's this long fucking list of bands and some of them their link goes to a myspace page so like some of them are current and some of them are long dead but yeah anyway myspace page dude it goes to my, the several of them go to myspace i didn't even know myspace was still up yeah cool man let's make a myspace for uh that skepsis for the skepsis telegraph we might yeah. blow up dude dude let's just do all of our social let's all of our social media accounts all through MySpace. We are going to revive we're gonna, MySpace. We're revising, revi- reviving MySpace as a podcast platform because we're going to blow up and it's going to be like all over again. But bro, we're Dane. We're Dane cooking. We're the Dane MySpace podcast. Again, but for podcasts this time, because yeah. he did it with comedy, we're doing it with podcasts. Fuck yeah. And, you know, uh, fucking, I'm going to get this heat press machine and we're going to make some badass, or I'm going to make some badass Skepsis Telegraph shirts. My boy, my friend, he let me, he let, I was at his house and he let me use his heat press. I made a shirt. It was so freaking easy and the shirt's good quality. I'm going to mail you a couple. That's well, awesome because I ain't got a lot of the ones we do for the cricket. They're not, I mean, they're, they're, they look good, but after a few washes, cricket. they, yeah, the one that my wife has. <clears throat> oh, the heat press after you like wash it a couple times uh you can tell like the letters start wanting to peel up and shit oh this one he said they hold up really well but i don't know where she gets her transfers from but he gets some his from some website that does really good transfers and that's the key hmm. i guess oh well we do it for baby onesies so it's not that serious but All yeah right. anyway yeah but yeah, man, uh, fun articles this week. Yeah, man. And, uh, interesting stuff. Yeah, Fucking interesting Israel. stuff. Israel. One word, dude. Propaganda. Dude, propaganda for sure. That's I'm going to make a shirt with this heat press. It's going to say propaganda. Propaganda. No one's going to get the reference. They don't need to. They just need to know. Propaganda is out there. They just need to be aware of propaganda. Dude, I look super geeky. I feel like I'm working out and I'm like gaining weight. And then I see me on this webcam and I'm like, fuck, I'm still a pencil necked geek. Like no matter what I do, I'm still a pencil necked geek plus glasses now. So fuck, I need to get a neck tattoo and like, just take, just get a little bit of, are you taking testosterone, bro? I mean, come on. Nah, I'm dude. I'm on the natch weed and caffeine. A lot of people they get the Adderall, the TRT, and they're trying to I start taking the the Tonkat Ali, the the natural shit for testosterone. Deaspartic acid is what I like taking for testosterone. It's a natural compound that uh, boosts the natural process of test. Did you ever take deaspartic acid? No, I have not. It's cheap. You can get it at GNC. It's like ten bucks for like a. A, a bottle and it tastes like BC powder and it's like fine powder mix it mm-hmm. and shoot it and like text me the know, name of that it's like a natural compound but it's a, a critical element it's a critical part of the body's natural testosterone production, production. So mm. yeah like it, it, it aids 
it's like taking vitamin D and you start feeling really healthy, you know, like D aspartic yeah. acid, you'll get va- your It's not like your heart rate increases, but you'll get vascular and you'll just get, you'll feel alive. It's not like pre-workout. You'll just, you know how sometimes your eyes are really awake and aware. Yeah. You have like, a certain dude, clarity about you. Yeah. And a physicality that goes with it too. D aspartic acid. I need to start taking it again. Dude, send me the fucking name of that. It's the shit. Text message. It's legit the shit. Because I will probably pick that up. Especially if it's that cheap. It's cheap. It's natural. And it doesn't. It's not like a speed where you crash. It's just something your body needs. And then you have your testosterone going. You just feel good. Fucking A. Yeah. All right, bro. And that shit you were talking about. What was it real quick? Uh, It was Tongkat Ali. Is that that like a, a root? I don't know. I think so. It's like a root of some sort. Is that like a, a I heard French, about it. Is it like a I jazz pop band? Like, no. From New Orleans that y'all played with? No. Oh. Supposed to I think it's I've seen it in, in uh like drug emporium. It's it I've heard about it being a way to like increase like testosterone, but obviously what goes goes hand in hand testosterone is like uh advertises like a male uh, sexual enhancement supplement, basically. Ashwagandha root. I was. I, t- I take ashwagandha though. All right. I, I was taking ashwagandha before it got before it caught on. I'm talking. I've been I've been taking it for like years. Okay. What when? I'm talking four, four or five years. Okay. I'm I'm way back, dude. I'm talking like 2014 when I had moved back from Austin. I take that for my anxiety and shit. It works, so right? Good. Oh yeah, for sure. Yeah, like it's a legit. I do thing. cycles on and off, like. Week here, week, Ash- couple weeks on, couple weeks off. Ashwagandha legit give you like a just a, a calming effect. Calm buzz, not a buzz, but like yeah, just calm effect throughout <laughs> the day. And it's been shown in mice to rebuild damaged brain cells. Oh, see, I didn't know that. Yeah, it can rebuild. I mean, to an extent, but like if your brain has any kind of something happening, traumatic shit. Yeah, maybe not. You know, CTE, and it'll rebuild all of it. But there's probably like. Two percent, five percent of a CTE that can, you know, a little bit, maybe. Yeah. All right, man. Fun podcast. Go listen yeah, to man. our bands. Alfred and the Tednators. Our new jam tape is up. Golgothan Leech Jams. Uh, fucking, I'm getting ready to release stuff. If anybody's still listening, Fuck yeah. Subscribe and follow. Yeah, hopefully people are still listening. Um, yeah, see you. See you next week, then, bro. See you next week, man. Peace. Later, bro.